are here tonight because you are hungry for more of him. Anybody here hungry? Hungry for Jesus. Hungry for a greater move of God. Hungry for an awakening in our nation. Our nation needs God more than any other time. Our nation needs God. And it's not a political party. It's not a man. It's not a woman that's going to save America. But it is an awakening unto God. It is a heart hunger to know Him. Amen. Well, have you all ever noticed this in the natural? If you've ever been hungry before and... Maybe late at night and you're watching television and these commercials start coming on. And all these crazy cravings, your body starts calling out for things. You know, I'm just kind of appalled at nighttime, especially you're watching TV. I have yet to see a commercial advertising a kale salad. Or, you know, or, hey, come and get this delicious carrot. Or doesn't this banana look awesome? No, it's always stuff like pizza, candy, cookie, ice cream. And, you know, your body, it doesn't take long if you're, you know, if you're hungry in the natural and you start seeing these images that your body starts craving that kind of food. And it'll say, give me those potato chips. Give me that ice cream. Now, I don't want to get you hungry right here in the beginning, but it's like, you know, your body is not really, unless we train it, it's not really going to say, give me that spinach salad. Doesn't that look delicious? Oh yeah. Let's have an apple instead of that candy bar. You know, maybe you're, maybe you're eons beyond me and your body just craves really good, wonderful, healthy food. And if that's, if that's the case, I salute you, but <laughs> most of the time your body will run wild with you. I remember when our oldest granddaughter was just, I don't know, maybe, probably just maybe two or something. And I was down visiting and, you know, sometimes new parents, the first kid particularly, they're like, she's not going to have any sugar. She's not going to eat candy. She's not going to drink soda. She's going to eat healthy all the days of her life. Well, so anyway, Grammy decided it was time to introduce her to chocolate chip cookies. So I had him get the stuff, and I was making chocolate chip cookies. And I thought, we'll just test this theory. She'd never had chocolate before. So I just gave her one chocolate chip. She goes, mmm. Gave her another chocolate chip. And then she held out her hand, and she goes, Grammy chocolate is good. I mean, it took her just a minute to get where chocolate is good. But if we let it, that's what our bodies will do. We'll develop unhealthy eating habits. Did you know it's the same with our spiritual appetite? We might need to retrain our spiritual taste buds. There's like, as I was uh, preparing this message, it just came to me that there's like three categories of spiritual hunger. There's those who aren't hungry at all. They don't even think about God. They don't think about going to church or reading his word. Then there are those who are spiritual junkies. They eat only spiritual junk food, only garbage that's not good for them. What? What are you saying? Are you saying that there's garbage? Well, I'm saying that there are things that we should not feed our spirit on. 
Even if it has a fish on the back of the book, it might have bones in it. So you need to be cautious about what you put into your spirit, man. And then I believe I'm looking at this group tonight and this is where we're at. There are those who are spiritually well nourished. Amen. I believe that's us tonight. Jesus said this, you know, if it, he told us some things about what we are supposed to desire and it's him in John six thirty five, He said this, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. So there you have it, folks. It's as simple as this. Only Jesus can satisfy it. Every single person is created with this spiritual longing on the inside of them. With this desire to know their creator. Even if they don't believe they have a creator. There's like a homing device on the side. Inside of every human being. That is calling out to come into relationship with our father God. Calling out to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. You can look around and you can see that there's so many people and maybe you used to be one of them that are looking for that spiritual satisfaction in the wrong places. That's why we have people uh, worshiping false gods. That's why you have people that join cults. That's why you have people that just get obsessed with me, myself, and I. They're trying to satisfy this longing on the inside of them. When Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me is not going to be hungry anymore. He who's thirsty comes to me and I'll quench their thirst. There's so many people that are looking for love in all of the wrong places. There's so many people that are hurting and they're trying to fill that aching void in their hearts. And sometimes when that heart is just full of emptiness and there's a big void in there and they don't come to Jesus and no one shares the gospel with them. The enemy takes advantage of that aching void in people's hearts. And that's where you get people that get filled with the wrong things. They get filled with evil and they do horrible acts like we saw last week. People get possessed with the devil because there's this emptiness and this void and they open themselves up to that wrong spirit. One of the shooters, I believe it was the one in Dayton, he posted before he died, he said, I'm going to go to hell today and I'm not coming back. Oh my goodness. Aching void. Yeah, we don't rejoice over that, that he was so overcome with evil. But that tells you he had a craving on the inside of him and he yielded to the wrong spirits. But folks, the answer is simple. Come to Jesus. Us that know him, we're thankful that we do. 
But there's so many that don't. Not only should we hunger and thirst after righteousness, but I believe by the end of the night, all of our hearts will be stirred to a greater degree that we will cry out to the Lord on behalf of those that are seeking and searching on behalf of those that are lost. Do you remember what it was like to be without Jesus? Millions of people are without him tonight, but we can pray and we can go and we can say, and we can be a witness and we can let our light shine before them. So when we were hungry and we were seeking and we got born again, once, once we were born again, have you discovered that you have to continually feed your spirit? Nourish the inner man with the word of God. I like this verse in the um, God's words translation. Uh, hopefully we have that one in GW, I think, God's word. In Jeremiah 15, 16. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. If we don't, just you can listen to it. If we don't have that translation, I think it's good. Yeah, God's word is what I'm looking at. Maybe we don't. Your words were found, and I devoured them. That's the reason I like this translation. In the King James, it says, "Your words were found, and they were unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart." That's good right there. But I like this translation because it said. Your words were found and I devoured them. Your words are my joy and my heart's delight. Because I am called by your name, O Lord God of armies. Have you ever just been desperate for the word? You just were like, oh, I have to have the word. You open up the Bible and you're just led to read maybe a psalm or, or something over in the epistles. And it just ministers life to you. And you're like, yum, yum. That is joy and rejoicing unto my heart. I'm strengthened now. The word brings you strength. The word brings you nourishment. And this even said, it, it brings joy and delight to our heart. Can I get a witness? Anybody ever experienced that? Amen. Well, I liked this term in this translation. I devoured them. So I looked up what it meant there in that particular verse. And it meant to enjoy avidly. To enjoy avidly. And then it also had in parenthesis characterized by enthusiasm. Characterized by enthusiasm. Have you ever been really hungry in the natural? You know, I have been. And I can eat a lot. I don't know if it's my country roots or what. I grew up on a farm and we always had abundance. And I can eat. I can pack. I can put away a lot of food. I have a hearty, healthy appetite. That's for sure. And so anyway, but I have witnessed the pro... At devouring food. When Pastor Mark says he's hungry. When he comes in after a real intense 
workout. And doesn't he look good? I'm thankful. He takes care of his temple. He works out and then he eats and he eats. But I have witnessed when he says, I'm hungry and I'm, you know, I'm getting everything ready to sit down at the table and I turn around. He has devoured his food. It is gone. And then I have my plate and I kind of have to guard it because (laughs) when the man of God is hungry, he seriously knows how to devour food. No, I didn't. I said nice stuff that he takes care of his body. He works out, but he knows how to eat. But you know what? I have also witnessed his hunger and I've also witnessed him devour the word of God with that same intensity that he goes after a T-bone steak or a baked potato. And we don't want to name off all these foods again. That same intensity. So I want to ask you, how hungry are you? How hungry are you for God? How hungry are you? For his word. Is it just like, ah, you know, I'll go to church once in a while. And when they put the little scriptures up there, then I'll get a little, I'll get some word by looking at that. But during the week, I'm too busy. And, you know, I don't have time to read the word. I don't have time to listen to the word. That's not good. When your hunger is a sign that you are healthy. And I can just say from where I'm looking at, I'm looking at a healthy bunch in here. Because it doesn't look like anybody in here is starving. We've all been taking pretty good care of our temple. So it's good to be hungry in the natural. Even if it's for the wrong thing, you've got to retrain and curb your appetite and all of that stuff. If a person is not hungry and they have to force themselves to eat... That's an indicator that something is wrong. Because God created us to feed our natural body. We got to take care of it. It's the only one we got. Our body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. We got to rest it right. We need to exercise it. And we do need to give it proper fuel. If we want it to live long and finish strong on the earth, right? But if we're not hungry in the natural, something is wrong. It's the same in the area of the spirit. If we have no desire for the things of God, if we have no longing or craving for his word, then that tells me something is wrong. And we need to stir ourselves up. We can't really make ourselves hungry in the natural. And if you're not hungry spiritually, there's no sense of lying to God or, or lying to me about it. If you're not hungry spiritually, what are we going to do about this? I've gone through seasons in my life where it was, a, I had to force feed myself the word because I didn't have that feeling. I didn't have that, woo, you know, let's get in the word, woo, let's pray. But we do these things by faith. And if we realize that something's going on and we're not hungry, then we need to get in the presence of God and say, Lord, make me hungry. I open myself up to you. There's one way that we can increase our spiritual hunger, and that is to examine our hearts. 
I found this scripture in the NLT version. It's out. It's in Lamentation, verse two and nineteen. I like this transla- translation. Rise during the night and cry out. Pour out your hearts like water to the Lord. Lift up your hands to Him in prayer. Pleading for your children. For in every street they faint with hunger. Is there not a cause to rise up? During the night, early in the morning, on your lunch break, in the evening, whenever you can, there is a cause to rise up and to pour out our hearts before the Lord. And then he said this here, for your children in every street are fainting with hunger. I take that as spiritual hunger. This next generation, this younger generation, they deserve to know the power of God. They need to experience a true move of God. So many are confused. So many don't even know. They think they don't even know what gender they are. And all of this garbage is being pushed on them in the schools and through the media and on television. It's bringing confusion. There is a cause to cry out for our children. To cry out for our youth. That are fainting. They're starving spiritually. But we can pray. We can lift them up to the throne room of grace. It's said here to pour out your hearts. Lift up your hands in prayer. A good way to do that is just to get before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm opening my heart to you right now. Lord, you know what's even in the uttermost part of my being. And if it's a person, if it's a loved one, you can just visualize yourself saying, Okay, Lord, this person's really on my heart. And I'm going to take them right now and I'm going to put them in my hands. I'm taking this person. I'm taking this situation. And I'm putting them in my hands. And then what did he say? Lift your hands to him. In prayer. We can do this. We can take what is in the innermost part of our hearts. And then we can lift it up. To him. In prayer. He's watching over his word to perform it. He's watching over our prayers to bring them. To pass. And as we are opening our heart. Like he said here. Pour out your hearts. Like water. To the Lord. He knows everything about us. He knows those secret thoughts. He knows those desires and dreams that you may have pushed down way down in the bottom of your heart. Because it seemed like they're not going to come to pass. He knows those things. And he wants us to open our hearts wide to him. And just clean out our heart as it were. Have you ever cleaned out a closet 
Man, I have some at home right now that could use some cleaning. There's a lot of clutter in there. But if you go to clean out a closet, you might have forgot about some things. You might go, oh, just like, you know, at the women's brunch that we had this year. I had just bought this little outfit, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out which shoes I can wear. Because I'm doing really good, but I can't wear high heels right now. And so I, I was digging in the back of my closet. Oh, those shoes look comfortable. They're cute. They go with the outfit. Of course, I hadn't worn them in probably 10 years. They've been way in the back of the closet. But, oh, that's cool. I put those shoes on, come to the women saying, we had our little breakfast. We'd go upstairs. My office has got like a pretty light carpet on it. Jane's up there with me. I'm walking around and she's like, what's all over the floor? I'm like, I don't know. Didn't they clean the floors this week? And anyway, the more I walked, the more I realized it was coming from me. Sat down in the chair. We both started laughing hysterically. The soles of those comfortable shoes had disintegrated. (laughs) They'd been in my closet so long and I hadn't worn them unaware of their condition. Tried scotch tape. Pastor Nancy was so gracious. She came up. She said, well, here, you take my shoes. Her shoes are just a little bit bigger than mine. I put them on. You know, you can't borrow somebody else's soul. If your soul's disintegrating, you got to be the one to take care of your own soul. Right? <laughs> but I thought I really found something in that clutter in my closet, unaware of the true condition. Because it had been pushed way back and hadn't been taken care of. Did you know that all of us can have heart clutter that we just push down and push down and push down? Hidden things. Your heart is like a container. And you can have a lot of spiritual debris in there. Emotional junk that has accumulated over the years. But we need to just open up our heart If we're going to ask him to make us hungry and to fill our hearts with more of him, we might have to get rid of some clutter. We might have to clean out some debris. So he has access to all of us. I read this recently and I can't improve on it. So I'm just going to read it. Some things just need to be confessed. When you start pulling up some things in your heart, just need to be confessed, put under the blood of Jesus and thrown away forever. There was no repairing those shoes. They had to be thrown away. Sometimes there's unforgiveness, there's resentment, there's hurt feelings. If that comes up in your heart, confess it and throw it away. Get rid of it. Other things like cares and worries, they need to be given to God. If you're all concerned about a relative, you can't change them. What are we supposed to do with concerns and worries? Cast them over on the Lord. So when you open up your heart and these things come up or these people come up, Lord, I'm giving you the care of that situation. I'm casting it over upon you. And you may even discover that there's some things in your heart that you cannot even articulate in words. 
as you open up your heart wide. And there's something down there that you haven't talked to the Lord about for a long time. Maybe you haven't even shared it with anyone. It could be a a dream. It could be a calling. It could be something that God put in you. And you don't even know how to articulate it to him. But when that comes up, thank God for the Holy Ghost. That's when we can start praying in the Holy Ghost and saying, Lord, I'm giving this to you. And we pray in the spirit until we have complete peace about it. We may not know yet how it's going to come to pass, but we got the peace of God. God is looking for us to open our hearts wide and to give him all of us. I recently read this as well. It's about um, the earth. In the natural course of this earth, whenever there's a vacuum, that vacuum causes the air to rush in and fill its emptiness. Thus, the wind blows there. When there's this vacuum, the wind blows there. This is saying, this, the same is true in the spirit realm. If we'll empty ourselves of the distractions of the desires of this world and crave Jesus alone, he will rush into our lives with the wind of the Holy Spirit and he will meet us with an intensity and outpouring we've never experienced. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I was thinking this morning as pastor was preaching, and if you weren't here, you need to get those messages. They were awesome, both services. But as he was preaching, this scripture came up in my heart, and I want to share it right now. It's in Romans chapter 12. It's kind of long. I'm going to read it out of the message. Romans 12, 1 and 2 in the message. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday Ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. I think sometimes we forget that God wants to be involved in every thing in our life. We don't have to get weird and we don't have to get flaky and, you know, stand in front of our closet for three hours asking the Lord what we should wear today. No, just be modest, be godly, bring him glory, that kind of thing. But he does care about every single aspect of your life. He doesn't look at you going to work as boring, even if you do. But he said here, here's what you do. Take your everyday ordinary life and place it before God as an offering. So whatever you got to do 
Tomorrow, get up in the morning and say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. And Lord, I am giving you my day. If there's people you want to bring across my path for me to minister to, I'm believing you for divine connections. I'm asking you for utterance and I'm opening my heart to be sensitive, to know when people come into my life. Come into my place of business and there's an open door that I will yield. I'm giving you my day. Hallelujah. I'm offering it to you, Father, as an offering. And then verse 2 is really interesting in the message. It says this, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. We're talking about heart change. We're talking about heart hunger. We're talking about opening ourselves up to let him fill us with himself. This says don't get messed up and wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in the world. Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you. Quickly respond to it. Unlike the cultural around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. But God brings the best out of you. Yay. Yay, God. He created us. In his likeness and in his image. He didn't create any junk when we yield to him. And we're not conformed to the world and the way that they're thinking. But we yield ourselves to him. It's good news to know he wants the best for us. And he will bring the best out of us. You'll be the best possible you. You can be if you yield yourself. To him, We refuse to allow the devil and the spirit of this world to try to put us in their mode. Like it said here. You know, we don't have to act like the devil, uh, devil or the world. We don't have to talk like the world. We don't have to dress like the world to be effective witnesses for them and to them. The world is hungry. The world is seeking. And they deserve to see Jesus. They deserve to see how good he is. And if, if not us, then who? If not now, then when? We are the light of the world. And that's why it's important that we examine our own heart, not in a weird flaky way. I'm not telling you go back and, you know, into your mother's womb and find out what she said when you were, or she was in labor and you gave her a hard time. And that's why you're not liked because mama didn't like you when she was in 24 hours of labor. No, I'm not talking about that, but I am talking about just being open and being transparent before him and just saying, Lord, Is there anything in me that's not pleasing to you? Is there any area of my heart that I've reserved for wrong motives? 
I want to shine for you. How many of you want to be a shining witness for him? Amen. The world needs to see Jesus. And the only way that we can reflect him is if we've been with him. The only way you can reflect the love of God is if you've received the love of God. You can't go out and tell somebody how much Jesus loves them. If you are always like, I don't know if he loves me. I did this. I did that. No. The only way we can reflect him is if we've been with him. The only way we can show his love is if we've received it ourselves. Amen. It is not a waste of time to wait in the presence of the Lord. It's not a waste of time to read the Bible. It's not a waste of time to build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. It's not a waste of time for us to cry out and to say, Lord, I want you. I want more of you. And when we have that hunger and that thirst for him, he promises us some things. You want to look at some of the promises? We got time here. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Jesus said this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What's going to happen? They shall be filled. Filled with what? Filled with worry, filled with fear, filled with doubt, filled with Him. That's a good promise, isn't it? Then over in Luke chapter 6, verse 21. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. There are seasons in our life where we face difficult times. There are people that you know that may be in a season right now of sorrow and sadness. We pray for them. We pray that they would come to Jesus. But I want to just encourage you tonight. If you're in a season right now where there's been some tears and there's been some grief and there's been some sorrow, the tears don't last forever. It might last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Blessed are you who weep now for you shall laugh. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Glory to God. When we Jesus is the joy of our salvation. Amen. Come to Jesus and get full of joy. Amen. Then one last one. Psalms 107 verse 9. For he satisfies the longing soul. And he fills the hungry soul with goodness. The devil is the author of badness. If that is hard. The devil is the author of evil. And you know sin, even the Bible says sin has a pleasure for a season. But that season quickly comes to an end. And people that try to fill that hunger with the devil and the darkness of this age... Are never satisfied. 
The end is death. The end is destruction. But Jesus. Hallelujah. But Jesus. He satisfies the longing soul. He fills the hungry soul with goodness. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You are the one who satisfies.